You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. A bar in Wisconsin's uh, doing something pretty cool. We'll get to that. Uh, We're also giving away tickets to go see The Equalizer 3 at 8.30. Very sporty text question at 960-960 today. Very sporty. Which team is more likely to make it to the postseason, the 23 Toronto Blue Jays or the 23-24 Calgary Flames? 960-960, name and location, texting McTexterson or Sportsnet 960, the fan texturing robot would join us at the bottom of the hour. But right now, Denzel Washington is Robert McCall. The Equalizer. What's your favorite Denzel Washington movie? Mm. Training Day? Mm. Yeah, it's pretty good. What's the one uh, where he's like the dad in the hospital? John? He didn't do Daddy Daycare. Who did that? There's one where he has a similar... similar, uh, That was Eddie Murphy. There's a similar where he has to watch kids, and he's Denzel Washington, so he shouldn't be watching kids. I can't remember what it was. They did a granddad daycare, too. Oof. Yikes. No thanks. Uh, okay. Um, our next guest is patiently waiting on the line. Covers the um, flames for the athletic. Uh, fresh off uh, going around the United States, uh, our man Julian McKenzie. Hey pal, how are you? I'm doing very well. It's good to good to hear your voice, my man. I haven't heard from you in some time. Thanks, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, Both of no, you guys we're, actually. We're excited uh, to have you on. Uh, you are. Uh, we we follow you on on the Instagram, on Twitter. You went you went to D.C. Um, I wanted oh, yeah. to ask you, uh, Washington D.C. Did you uh, did you did you Look at the sights from the 1983 classic starring Mr. T, uh, DC Cab. What? <laughs> I man, that movie might have been just just a little bit before my time. Also, yeah. the movie you're thinking of with Denzel, um, well, the John John Q. I think John Q. The, yeah, very John good. John Q. That was good. Um, yeah. DC was real fun though. Uh, I got to visit an old college buddy when I was out there. Uh, watched the Nationals game. Uh, took in some sights and sounds of the, some neighborhoods in the city as well. Caught up with some other old friends too. I I felt very at ease in that city, man. I really I really mm. enjoyed it. I'm definitely going to go back. It was a great time. Then I went across the country and went to California for a couple of days. Went to San Francisco for a couple of days. Watched the Giants Look game. Re- rode the cable car. Went to hmm. Oakland for a day, saw the A's. That that was a really nice trip. Wow, look at you. Did you see any Living possums in Oakland at the stadium? Um, No possums? Saw, it was too dark for me to see any possums. I mm. saw a lot of I saw a lot of people wearing green cell shirts like for selling the team. Mm. And I helped start a, a sell the team chant while I was at <laughs> the Coliseum. Look at you. Had to add your was two cents, a couple hey? drinks? Look at that. Uh, no, I was I was sober. I was very sober at that point. I oh, had okay. tacos at this random taco stand uh, a couple hours before. That's about as as yeah. That was before I drank that night. Okay, uh, real quick on DC Cab, a 1983 action comedy movie. Uh, Gary Busey's in that. Um, Paul Rodriguez, Bill Maher is in that movie, and uh, David Bahal played Buzzy. Um. Julian, want to ask this you about, about Calgary? What, what is this film about? What are you uh, bringing into this? What is this? Oh, man. DC well, yeah, I just, Why is Mr. T holding a cab door on the... You should watch the movie. Does he say, I pity the fool at any point? Yeah, he probably does. <laughs> he probably like, does. Any, any, anytime I see anything with Mr. T, and this is a gift yeah. and a curse with him, I mm-hmm. have to see him say, like... I pity, I pity the fool who insert. Yeah, that's like his thing. It's like if I see him in something. What a great like catchphrase. Yeah, it's, mm. a, it's one of the most iconic catchphrases of all time. Yes. I don't think there's any question. Um, I like going down these weird rabbit holes because uh, that's what I, I like love to it. do. I'm a weird guy. Um, 
Calgary Flames, how how excited are you to ask about Elias Lind, uh, to Elias Lindholm, Michael Backlund, Chris Tanev? Uh, hey, what's your contract situation? Are you staying here? How fun is that going to be oh. at training camp? Oh God, I I, I I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it like I want a hole in my head. And if there's one person who probably feels just the same as me, probably the players. Uh, Craig Conroy yeah. probably doesn't want any of that. Um, what I'm curious about is uh, when that gets extended to some of the other pending UFAs, like a Chris Tandev. Uh, I, we're all going to be excited for Oliver Shillington coming back, but I believe he's also out of contract next year. That's a very different situation. But all that to say, uh, unless something changes within the next few weeks, and that would be pretty wild if it got to that point, the Calgary Flames have essentially entered a situation where there will be that main distraction at training camp where Elias Lindholm is there, Michael Backlund is there, maybe even Noah Hannafin will still be there. And what's tough for, and I don't know how many people are really thinking about this, but I think as we start to look at that Pacific division, like Vegas is a really strong team. Edmonton's a really good team, but there's questions about LA and their goaltending. There's a legit chance this Flames team, if everyone is 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 healthy and is able to get off to a strong start and maintain that start, they could actually be really good. And they could be hmm. a playoff team and it could totally go like like for people who are looking at the contracts that are ahead of them, that might not be the most ideal situation. It could be a repeat of what they endured in the final year of the Johnny Gaudreau contract, where they couldn't trade him at the trade deadline with the team that they had. They had to go for it and just hope that these players would stay. So, yeah, I, 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 as much as there should be optimism with this team, considering the fact that players like Andrew Mangiapane are, are, are healthy. Jacob Markstrom seems like he's having a much healthier offseason this time around than he did last offseason. And that's with players who we could see staying for the foreseeable future. But you just kind of have this dark cloud looming in the distance when it comes to some of these other players and their futures. And I get that these deals may not have been around for Craig Conroy to make, but they're still these players are still around and something's going to have to give with some of these players. It's interesting because it feels like there's been a shift, right? Like I'd say even five, ten years ago, like a distraction at training camp was when a player legitimately was not at camp because they were holding out. They were an RFA or something like that. And now a UFA with one year left has become a distraction because of the movement that we see around the NHL or more so lack thereof. Like, how much do we think this is actually going to be a distraction for the players? Because you listen to William Nylander last week, and it's kind of... I, I thought he brought up a great point. Like, he's still signed for another year here, and there's a lot that has to play out before we get to the point where a decision has to be made. No? That's a fair point, too. And I think there's been so many other changes that have transpired over these last few months with the Calgary Flames that it, it to get kind of hung up on a guy's contract, if you're a player... I don't know if you necessarily need to do that. I mean, there's a new head coach. There's a new general manager. It seems as if the same lineup is going to come back to uh, some guy, As I mentioned before, some guys seem as if they're going to be healthier entering the season. Uh, I, I would presume guys like Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger have gotten over the shock of being traded and, and being sent to a completely new environment that they're not used to. If you're a Calgary Flames player, you have every right to feel excited about this season and especially if you're a player who uh, like a Kadri or a Huberto or a Uyghur and you're you're set for the next few years I mean you got to worry about your own sometimes and look at the end of the day if it comes time to move Lindholm that's one thing but I, I still think that player specifically he keeps that contention window open and as long as he's on this team and as long as he's able to fill out that last year you go back to the earlier point I made this is a team that I think could like they have a legit chance i think of making the playoffs and being good and if you're a player you're not thinking like how we in the media think about a potential rebuild or how it might not work you're thinking okay let's let's get on the ice let's play let's see about this new coaching staff and and this new offensive identity that we have there's legit reason for for players to feel excited about this year and not necessarily think about the contract status of a backland 
or 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 not or an Elias Lindholm. They might be thinking more about the captaincy, if anything else. That's also something else mm. that's going to be a big storyline. Is uh, is it though? Like, is it really that much of a storyline? I think that I think well, the, they name the one, future yeah. of Elias Lindholm to me dwarfs way much more than the captaincy. Absolutely. Well, to, to, to be clear, that that dwarfs everything. You're absolutely right, right on that. But I think the captaincy thing is definitely going to be a storyline, considering this organization has not had one since Mark Giordano, considering the fact they got rid of a coach who more or less kept them from, from having one. And hmm. this team has candidates who they have a handful of candidates who could be captain, including one who may or may not want out. So that's a whole I, – I, you're absolutely right in the fact that uh, it's not the biggest storyline, but it's definitely one of the bigger storylines when it comes to this team. Well, it's fascinating because, like, you know, we had Craig Conroy on our show. We've had Ryan Husk on our show. They've both said, yes, we're going to have a captain this year. Mm-hmm. How many n- names deep is that candidate list? And obviously there's extenuating circumstances on guys like Backlund and guys like uh, Lindholm, who their contract will be up after a year. But you look around this team, and you got Uyghur, you got Huberto, you got Rasmus, you got Lindholm, you got Backlund, and I'm sure I'm probably shortchanging a guy or two there as well. Like, there's going to be options, and that's why this is a storyline, right? Because they said they're going to name one, and I don't know if there's a clear-cut option. There's a lot of guys I'd be happy with. I I think so, too. I think if they named any of those guys, uh, whether they were on the leadership group or not from last year, I think they find themselves in a situation where they pick a good guy. I, I like I'm surprised and maybe not surprised at the same time, considering what I keep hearing from other guys on this team about how Mackenzie Weger has emerged as a legit candidate for the seat. This is a guy who was acquired by the Flames last offseason, did not have the greatest start, but all of a sudden, halfway through the year, he has a better performance. And in terms and by talking to some of these guys, I know I asked this to Andrew Mangiapane yesterday. He's a good locker room guy. He's a good fit. Like a, a lot of guys in that room seem to like him. He has a legit chance at at being considered for that role. Uh, Rasmus Anderson, I think to me, if I was a player in that locker room and I was given a vote, like I I mean, maybe Michael Backlund, I completely understand why he would be the captain. I mean, he even Rasmus Anderson has said that like he's more or less a de facto captain. We heard Weger say that it was Backlund and 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 Daryl Sutter having a lot of FU matches, and I get that they have the relationship that they have, but they see him as that captain. But I think when you consider Michael Backlund's situation, and maybe a bit of his age and stage, less so, but more so his contract situation, do you give a C to a player who may still want out just in, in, in just in case you know this team decides to go in a completely different direction? I don't know. You have uh, Rasmus Anderson locked up through 2026, and he's still a young enough player to kind of build around, depending on what you want to do. Maybe it's weird to say a player. If I was in the player's shoes, I would vote for Rasmus Anderson. Maybe they might vote for Backlund, but maybe some would vote for Rasmus Anderson. If this is a decision that's going to ultimately come from management, and it seems like it, if I was management, I would pick Rasmus Anderson uh, just off the tenure that he's had, what he means to the organization, uh, the fact that he's going to be around for a while and it doesn't seem like he wants out like another player who might be a candidate for that role and no shade to Michael Backlund. He means so much to the organization. Great guy to deal with. I don't want to, I don't want to come across as a guy who's throwing any shade on that guy because he's a really good dude. And in any other situation, he should be captain of this team and he might still end up being captain of this team. If it were up to me though, and I was a part of flames management, I think it makes sense to give Rasmus the seat. Julian McKenzie covers the Flames Day Athletic, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960, The Fan. What's the super under-the-radar storyline no one's talking about that you have your eye on heading into camp? Ooh, that's a really good one. Um, it, I don't know if it's so much under the radar, only because of how big some of these other storylines have been. But ultimately, we're all going to be looking at Jacob Markstrom. Let's let's think mm. about this here because the contracts are the contracts. They are what they are, and until Craig Conroy deals with them, they're there. Uh, the captaincy is going to be a talking point. But as soon as the puck drops, as soon as these games start, we're all going to look at Jacob Markstrom in the net, and we're all going to be like, okay, are you going to be the Jacob Markstrom who started the year with an illness last year and just never was able to find 
a consistent rhythm until near the end of the year, or you're going to be like the guy of the year before who was a Vezina finalist and like was playing at an all world level. And I know we've all seen that photo of, of him from whatever interview he had with Elliot where he's smiling and he looks real happy. It's the happiest I've ever seen that man, considering how imposing and intimidating that man <laughs> is. He looks happy as hell. But uh, like I remember earlier in the summer talking to, to, to Jordan Sigalet, the, uh, the uh, team's goaltending director about him. And he was saying that he's been skating a lot more this offseason. The offseason before, after they lost to the Edmonton Oilers, he had a nagging injury in that offseason, and it kind of kept him from preparing, not to mention there were other personal issues going on as well. Um, I, I think with him, I feel that at least just off that one indication, that one conversation I had with with Jordan, the fact that he's having more time to get that time to prepare in the offseason, that's already a positive start for Jacob Markstrom. And if he's able to play at a high level, remain healthy, that is a major key for this team going forward. They could have all of these different offensive things work out. The defense could be good. The defense was literally keeping chances at bay last season, and they still allowed way too many goals on the part of their goaltending. And Jacob Markstrom has to take responsibility for that, and, and he has. But I, I think that is an underlying storyline for for this team. He has to be good for this team to go anywhere. I got another one for you. Where does Jonathan Huberto start as far as who his center is, and how much of the preseason does he play with that center? Because, you know, he played up and down lineup with basically everybody who could play the middle of the ice last year, and nothing really clicked. I've been a big proponent of saying I think a bounce back year is probably coming, but unless he finds a partner, that's going to be pretty difficult to do. Yeah, and is Elias Lindholm that partner? Do you go down that well again? Because it seemed as if from preseason last year, it, there were signs that maybe that tandem wasn't going to work. It seemed like Elias Lindholm was not as comfortable with with Jonathan Huberto as we all thought he would. But considering the depth chart of this team, like it wouldn't surprise me if one of the first days of training camp we see this team try Lindholm Huberto again, just with that new offensive style that they're looking to put in with Ryan Huska and Mark Savard. And again, Mark Savard's going to be put under a lot of pressure to get Huberto going. And a big, big step for him is to figure out which center works. It seemed as if there was some chemistry with Michael Backlund, but Michael Backlund's a great center you can put with almost anybody who will clean up mistakes. Now some Kadri, there was a little bit there, but maybe not at a consistent at a consistent point. Yeah, that's another big storyline that's going to have to be uncovered too. Which center is going to work best with with Jonathan Huberto? I think right now. If you're this team, you might just have to try again with Lindholm and 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 Huberto before you go down, you go down to Calgary and and Backlund. Just off the fact that Lindholm's your best center and Huberto's your best passing winger, and maybe the maybe a new plan could help those two get together. You have to give them that chance, and then you could try some other alternatives. That's what I would do. I have another one for you. Keep, it, keep them coming, Matty Rose. Is Nikita Zadorov an actual top four defenseman, allowing them to do Shillington and Tanev as maybe a 2B pair? Do you think that's possible? Can Zadorov I, I, actually I, elevate to that role that he actually had to hold due to injury for parts of last season and did it pretty well, but at other times definitely left you wanting more? Are you... So if you're bringing up that reality, you're assuming Noel Hannafin's already gone? I would say he's still there. Let's say you probably go Hannafin, Raz, Uyghur, Zadorov, and then Shillington, Tanev. Lefty-righty pairs all the way down. Interesting, because I, I have like Uyghur, Anderson, and then Hannafin. I mean, you could put, you could put Tanev on his right. You, mm-hmm. I mean, you, could, you, could put, you could put a Zadorov on his right in theory, I guess. Or you could have a pairing with Shillington and Zadorov as your third. Um I, I think Nikita Zadorov has shown at points last year that if you need him, especially on that offensive, for that offensive touch, maybe he can be, you could put him as a second pairing defenseman if you really need to. Um, I think for chemistry's sake, I still see him as a third pairing guy. And I think maybe with, with Shillington, it might work a little better there. And that might depend on if Noah Hannafin is with this team. Let's be real. Uh, if Hannafin is gone, I could see a scenario where he could fill in at second, and then, but also, 
I don't know. I think that's a that's a really interesting point. Uh, I could see it depending on how they want to organize things. I think that depending on Noah Hannafin being there, that would dictate a lot for Nikita Zordorov's position. Absolutely. Uh, isn't it funny, Julian, how like the narrative on where Dustin Wolf's going to fit in on this team has kind of died a little bit? As in, like, he's probably going to start the season with the Wranglers. I don't see a scenario where Dan Vladar is not the backup. That's a f- I can understand why you'd say that. I still think uh, the fact that Dustin Wolf has shown so much promise and the organization has said that he he's he's ready to get more time. I still think Dan Vladar being around, that at least invites the conversation of whether or not uh, he could somehow still supplant Dan Vladar. Like, what if there's a scenario where Dustin Wolf has this incredible preseason and maybe some maybe trade talk kind of heats up on on Dan Vladar what happens then right you know maybe Dan Vladar is a decent preseason and then some team is all like oh wait a minute maybe we should maybe we should pick up the phone and call Craig and like that's that's a possibility um I I I would I would let the preseason play out before I completely uh write off the idea that Dustin Wolf gets off games I still think that's something you could discuss in this off, not this offseason, but this coming uh, preseason and training camp. I think that's still a storyline. This is the time of year where everybody starts to do their little media fails. Andrew Mangiapane held a golf tournament yesterday, did a little bit of media. What are the things you start? Sorry, I hit my wrong button there. What are the things you start to look for when you're kind of hearing these guys return from the summer, get ready for camp? What are the things you look for? Um, it depends on the player situation. Um, in the in the case of Andrew Mangiapane yesterday, I was really intrigued about his shoulder. I was really intrigued about the shoulder surgery. And uh, Aaron Vickers, uh, who we all love very well, uh, he was able to get uh, – wow. he was able to ask him, you know, when did he suffer this shoulder injury? And is he at 100%? Like, it's cool to hear guys say, like, oh, man, I'm excited to come back and play with this team. Like, it would be news if a player says – dude, this team sucks. I don't want to come back here. Like we all know when we go to these media veils that players are going to say how excited they are about coming back onto the team and whatever. It's all about finding individual stuff that matters to them. So for Mange, like it makes sense to say like, hey, you know, are you feeling at 100%? And it seems like he does. This is a player who said that uh, he had suffered this weird shoulder injury in the first month of the year. And it was this weird start-stop thing where he felt something was wrong and then after a while it felt fine and then it felt weird and then it felt fine again and he seems like he's fine from that Mackenzie Weger had a media availability a couple weeks ago when I was on vacation and in talking to other people about it it seemed as if he was just very relaxed and just open uh about a whole bunch of different topics and I think for for a guy like Mackenzie Weger who's over uh, the shock of of being traded and seems to be settling in more in in Calgary. It's just getting that sense of where he's at uh, with the new surroundings, and this is the and and I believe it's the first year of that extension for him as well. So that's a whole other thing with him. It's a very I think for players it's a very specific thing uh, for each of them, but it's so much more than just asking. Hey man, are you excited about coming back? Are you happy about still being in insert market here? How do you feel about this team? Your new head coach. We know they're going to be excited about that. But I, I, I'm willing to believe there are guys who are genuinely excited about the changes on this team. But we know they're going to say that. Got to sniff out the cliches, essentially. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Do hockey um, players do cliches? Yeah, they uh, absolutely do cliches. <laughs> um, and it's, 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 it's a good security Pucks blanket. Pucks 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 off the glass. It's and a good out. security blanket. Um, Julian, I had this hot take that isn't a hot take, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, I said uh, last week that the Flames won't make the playoffs if their power play is not in the top 12. Agree or disagree? Ooh, not in the top 12. Yeah, they'll miss the playoffs if they're not in the top 12. So they'll miss the playoffs if their power play is not in the top 12. What were Correct. they? I'm trying to remember what were they? They weren't a top twelve power play. No. the year and the they struggled they to it. score goals. They weren't one last year. That I know for sure. And they struggled to score goals the year before when they did make it. I don't remember unless I'm wrong. I don't were they? No, they were a top ten player power play. Actually, they were a top yeah. ten power play off the top of my head. Yeah, when um, Johnny and Matthew and Elias went. Oh yeah. went absolutely nuts. 
oh my god, yeah, there's no way they couldn't be that. There's a lot of pressure on Mark Savard to get this right, man. And not to bring back the storyline element to all of this in terms of an undercovered one. That might actually be a better answer than the Jacob Markstrom one. Mark Savard, it is on him to energize this offense at 5-on-5 and on the power play. Um, George, I think your take might actually be correct. And I'll say this. If you look at the forward options on this team, there haven't been a lot of changes beyond Tyler Toffoli and his career season gone in exchange for Yegor Sharangovich, who had like 13 goals last year, had a better year before, but he's 25 and you're still trying to figure out what you have in that player. And beyond Mm -hmm. that, Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau didn't change their minds. This team is still going to have to basically do goal scoring by committee and hope that Andrew Mangiapane is healthy and is able to get back to that form that saw him get success a couple years ago. Uh, Jonathan Huberto, we know he's he's a pass-first guy, but if he can get 30 goals, that's still pretty good. Elias Lindholm, um, Nazem Kadri, they're still asking a lot from this offense uh, to to generate goals. And I'll say this, as as much as these changes for the offense in order for them to be dynamic might help them, it really wouldn't surprise me if, you know, in November or December, we're still having that conversation we had last year where this team did not have a sufficient amount of game breakers on this team. They still need mm-hmm. a game breaking player on on this team. And and I think they're going to end up relying a lot on their own internal candidates to provide that goal scoring. And, and that's on Mark Savard to mm-hmm. to figure out whether at five on five or on the power play. Uh, it's going to be a lot of one goal games again, I think, Julian. I think we're in store for that this season. They might win those games, though. Yep, mm. that's true. As long as Markstrom doesn't let in the first shot, I think that'll be good. Like the thing about yeah. the power play for me too. Before we just rip on Markstrom uncontrollably, uh, you don't have the shot from the flank. Like you don't have the bomb shot from the flank. And Rasmus Anderson is a good quarterback, but not elite, right? You don't no. have Kale McCarr back there doing what he can do no. or something like that. So in that sense, Mark Savard can do all that he can. But there's still a couple of things that are kind of keys to a very good power play here talent? that aren't missing. I think talent is a really, uh, <laughs> I, would almost, I would almost say careless word to use because I think they have a lot of talent, but they sure. don't have a couple of things that I said. They don't have a bomb shot from the flank, and they don't have a true number one quarterback from the back end. Rasp Sanderson started to look like it last year, 100%. But he still needs to take a step if he wants to be considered one of those elite guys that makes a power play work. And they still don't have the shot. What about Mackenzie Wieger's candidacy? Mm. Wasn't one of the big things about his summer at the World Championships that he he emerged as a PP1 guy for Team Canada? At the World Championships. Fine, but like, do you give? Do you not give him a shot? Do you not give him a training camp? Training camp is the ideal time to see what you have in in Mackenzie Weger mm-hmm. at that spot, right? I'm not saying like, okay, man, he had a he played with all these really dynamic players. We have to put him there, but like, I think in these next few weeks, you have to see what you have in him in in that particular spot. But I also agree with you, Maddie. Like, this is a team. If they're going to bring back the individuals that they have, they they could still be a solid team. They could be a playoff team. They could even be one of the top three teams in that division, but I don't see a superstar. I don't see a game breaker. I don't see, and that's at both forward and defense, who could possibly elevate this team beyond what they are. And to your point on, especially on the power play, like, yeah, you're basically going to have to rely on those offensive players to kind of step above themselves and and generate that offense but you're right you don't have a kale mccarr you don't have uh economy david or whatever they have in edmonton to make their power play so dynamic and it's gonna require a lot of work for those guys to 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 bring up that offense they'll, they'll tell you that they're up for the challenge but saying one thing and doing is another um you ready for this uh milwaukee bar story julian we want to share with you <laughs> <Yes>. too <laughs> absolutely yes so uh, according to um Jack's American Pub, which is located on uh, East Brady Street in Milwaukee. Uh, Every time uh, the Jets lose with Aaron Rodgers as their starting quarterback, they'll pay for your drinks if you're in the bar. They'll pay for your drink bill in the bar. 
<laughs> oh my god. I, I'm so conflicted about this Aaron Rodgers thing as a Jets fan who was also annoyed that uh, Aaron Rodgers is an egomaniac. Um, yeah, but if you've watched Hard Knocks... I think it's a great... Yeah, I, I get it. Like he, he's the I think the hate like on Aaron Rodgers has gone a little too far. I really do. Like, like mm. I don't know. Like, I, I think I, it I, has. I I, like, I, I think... I don't know. It's God, I think Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks I have ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. We can go over all of the attributes that make him so good. Just as a personality, I just don't – I can't understand him, man. He's just – he's this guy who tries to act like he doesn't want all this attention when he clearly wants all this attention. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't have a good analogy for this. It's just like it's like, dude. Like, what are you? What like if you want to be the attention guy, be the attention guy. Lean all into it. Tr- stop trying to. I, what I also don't like too is I don't like people who try to act deep and think they're better than you because they're deep. And Aaron Kyrie Rodgers Irving. Sorry. Yes, Ky- Kyrie Irving is in that same. Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving are in that same category where they read a book one day and they found out about some <laughs> healing crystals, and all of a sudden they're so much better than you. Yo, you don't have your third eye open, son. What 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 you want? Like you, I'm, I'm up on this higher plane. What the hell is you doing? Whenever I hear people like that, I get turned off. I think Kyrie and Aaron Rodgers are some of the best athletes in the world. They're some of the best players at their position. But when they open their mouth, I just don't want to hear anything. You haven't done DMT. You're not as good as me. Oh, shut up. (laughs) Not to Um, you, Maddie. Okay, so just real quick, uh, circling back to this, uh, this bar story. Like, what a chance you're taking, right? Like, let's say the Jets are down by two touchdowns heading in the fourth quarter. You're like, you know what? Break out the shots of Patron. Let's go. <laughs> They're going to lose this game. I ain't paying for my bill today. And all of a sudden, Rodgers orchestrates this big comeback, and you're stuck with like a $300 bar bill. Like, roll the dice if you're at Jack's Pub. Oh, my God. What if, like, like what if this season goes bad? Like, what if this, like, turns into, like, a 7-9 and nine or 7-10 and 10 season? Or Their offensive line like, stinks. It might. Yeah. Yeah, the O-line's not that good. They have the weapons. They have players. But if you don't build out from the O-line, uh, look, the Mekhi Beckton, defense I really hope good, he though. works out. Defense, the defense is strong. They were strong last year, and they had Zach yeah. Wilson as their quarterback. They need to be strong this year. Mekhi Beckton, I hope he works out on that O-line for them, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been waiting for him to, to break <laughs> out with this team. I could go in, but I know you don't need me for, for NFL takes. Isn't Mekhi Beckton the guy who jumped out of a pool? Isn't that him? No, I don't think that was him. What? I, like I know what you're talking about. No, there's an offensive lineman who who can jump out of a pool because he's so athletic. I think it was. Yeah, I think there. I don't Google think it was. It. Mac- Sorry, Mackay Becton's like 400 pounds. I don't think it was him. The Tristan Wirfs. I, yeah, I think it was Wirfs. He might have been. Could have been. I don't know. Jumping out of a pool seems really hard. It makes you heavier. I think. Well, yeah, it takes an incredible amount of athleticism to jump out of a pool, Maddie. Anywho, is that, um, anyway, is that Mekhi, no? It might have been Mackay Becton for real. Actually, I found a video. And yeah, I think him, it could actually. have been. I know somewhere I in my him. head, I've seen that before. My crazy head, um, Julian. It's always fun to catch up. Maybe check out DC Cab, the nineteen eighty three classic, <laughs> and relive your trip to DC. <laughs> Today we have some time. If you got free time. Maybe do that. Yeah. Still got a couple of days before. I feel like this is one you'd crazy. actually have to rent. <laughs> no, it's probably <laughs> on Netflix. You probably got to pay for this one. Uh, it's probably on Tubi. Just... It's probably on Tubi. <laughs> yeah, so I got to pay for it. I don't have Tubi. Yeah, no, that's the free one, isn't <laughs> oh. it? You just got to watch commercials. I, oh, Ugh. commercials. Oh, yuck! Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the Drew Barrymore <laughs> one? It's what? all free. It's only an hour and forty, and it is rated R. Yeah, oh, it, there's probably some risque 80s uh, commentary in there. Yeah. It means in Quebec, it I'm, gonna, I'm going to guess that there are yeah. some offensive things in this film. Probably. Probably oh didn't age well. God. I bet this one did not I, age overly well. No. Oh, I'm going to love watching there's this. There's a movie. lot of homeless people in this, unhoused. Oh, there is. 
Yeah, I can't wait for Mr. T to call someone a honky. There That's might, be there might be. <laughs> oh boy, there looks to be a, a oh portion of race relations in here. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love watching movies and feeling hella uncomfortable about <laughs> 1980s race relations. That sounds like my yep. type of movie. I can't wait to watch that and tell George all about this. <laughs> it's true. Um, okay, at DC Cab, when these guys hit the streets, guess what yep. hits the fan. That's the slogan. Race relations. Awesome. And the awesome. answer is crap. Race relations hits the fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, great stuff, Julian. Uh, we look forward to uh, catching up with you again really soon. And uh, training Likewise. games around the corner. A lot more fun. Which Oh, um, by the way, yeah. um, I have an idea as I have you on the line here. Um, yeah, I, got yeah. a, I got a thing coming up in September. Okay. It's going to be called the Flames Hot Seat. And I'm basically stealing the idea from um, the Hot Wings thing, where I want you and Maddie Rose to try ridiculously hot sauces, and the hotter yes. the sauce, the hotter the flames take, and then you guys taste the hot sauce and then give the flames take. Are you in on that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 I'm down for the hot sauces. I want to know where they're from, though, before mm. we get into it. They can't. No, can't I'll, I'll, I'll buy the- some premium hot sauces. Mm. I believe that. You could. Yeah, but they gotta have like you know, like Trinidad skull and yeah. like they gotta be super hot. And I feel bad that Maddie's gonna have to suffer through all of these. They're gonna be made in like old nuclear reactors in the river sticks. You good with Scotch bonnet? I don't know what that is. Me neither. Oh, what is it? you're done, fam. You're done, fam. <laughs> you, you're not, you don't know. You don't know. Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh, these things look gnarly. Yeah, these you're going to be one of our one of our guests on uh, Flames Hot touch? Seat. Mm. Hey, and we'll have some milk provided, courtesy of our d- resident dairy expert GVP, in case it gets super hot. Sure. Yeah, I got dairy on. I'm wall. down. I'm yeah. down for 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 this idea. I'm down. Flames Hot Seat it's on the white coming in September. On the white yeah. yeah, coming in September. Hey, There's see you Thursday. You. Let's get together for this Fan Nine Sixty Media Pool Draft thing. Let's do that. Is it is it an in person thing? I don't think it is, but I was talking to Francis yesterday, and he said let's do in person. So we're going to wrangle some people. I'm cool with that. Let's I do it. Don't have plans Thursday, so let's do that. Okay. Well, your plans are to watch DC Cab. Um, Julian McKenzie <laughs> covers the Flames for the Athletic. Julian, we'll talk to you soon, pal. Thanks. All right, man. Peace. All right, there he goes, Julian McKenzie. Um, straight ahead, we're giving away tickets. To the Equalizer 3, we're asking you a 960-960 name and location. Who's more likely to make the postseason, the 23 Blue Jays or the 23-24 Flames? 960-960 name and location. Let's have fun with texting McTexerson next. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. We got some tickets to give away. To go see the Equalizer 3, courtesy of our friends at Landmark Cinemas, you get a, a one voucher, two general admissions, two medium drinks, two medium popcorns. Mm. Go see Denzel Washington lay a beat down on some people, some mobsters in Italy. Denzel Washington is Robert McCall. Yeah. The Equalizer. Sure is. Okay. Let's go. Uh, we got super sporty today on the text question. Mm-hmm. Who's more likely to make it to the postseason? The 23 Blue Jays or the 23-24 Flames? 960-960 name and location. Our Sportsnet 960, the fan text reading robot, is, of course, Texty McTexterson. And he joins us with some with some, with some texts. Some logic. That's what he does. He reads them. That's <laughs> why he's the number one personality on the radio station. Why'd you say it like that? <laughs> like you were reading a script and surprised by what it said. It's like I read it for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> the entire like, show is scripted. We're like the NFL season. Nothing yeah. is live. Do you want do you want some you want a little peek behind the curtain of oh, broadcasting ooh. that I know for a fact? What secret are you sharing? There is a specific show that airs on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Mm-hmm. It's about race cars, <laughs> race car driving. Uh-huh. The show is completely scripted from top to bottom. Wow. Yeah, I know. I I can't do it. No. 
it's well. That's why our show is so janky. The thing is, and if, disorganized. If, if you do that, you're just essentially saying, "Replace me with AI, please." Yeah. You know, that's maybe our entire show should be scripted. No, you're not getting DC Cab if this thing's scripted. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Starring Mr. T, I pity the fool. Yeah, all the things we were throwing at the fan and whatnot. You want you want a fun that. time. If you're tired of staring at Trump's um, <laughs> mugshot, you should go look at Gary Busey's yeah, mugshot. Yeah. That's a mugshot. Yeah, 215, okay. Yeah, I'm, anyway. I'm 215. Settle down. Really? Yeah. Wow, I'm saying, a bad day. He does, he does look handsome in that photo. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. It's like, wow. It's you, a good photo. I'm not going to lie. Well, that's what happens when you bring in, you know, exterior help to take the photo. Not bad. Yeah. Um, but you should go check out the Gary Busey mugshot. It's worth your time. <laughs> does it just look like him always? Google it right now. Gary and just tell me what you see. Busey mugshot. Okay. Yeah, tell Let's me what see, you see. Yeah. Images? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, whoa. <laughs> Dallas That's a mugshot. This guy got the... Is this Photoshop? I think mine's fake. No. I think mine's definitely fake, what I'm looking at. No, Gary Busey. No, he, he looks like he just got dragged out of his house on, on the show Cops. Yeah. It and looks, then they took his mugshot. It looks like they tied his feet to a horse and dragged him through the streets like an old Western. Yeah, that's Western. a mugshot. Like an old yeah. Western. And if you want your skin to crawl a little bit, check out Michael Jackson's. Okay. Um, how did we get here? What happened? I don't know. Um, I don't know how we got. Oh, no. DC Cab, Gary Busey, Mugshots. Mm, okay. We, we, yeah, we ran the gauntlet. yeah, there's a natural path there. Sure. Yeah, there's, it's all connected. Once again, AI ain't bringing you that. Yeah, that's right. Telling um, you that right now. Let's give away some tickets. Irreplaceable. 960, 960, name and location. Which team's more likely to make it to the playoffs? The 23 Blue Jays, 23, 24 Flames. Hit it, Texty. Flames. Wayne in Edmonton. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right on, Short dude. And sweet. Hell yeah. Let's go. You get the prize. You win. You win the prize. Well, you can't say that. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, Wayne. Thanks, Wayne. Way to go, boys, in the back. Good pick. Yeah, way to, way to play that one, boys. We thought that was going to be fun. Come on. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Not going to lie. It's pretty it'd be, good. Who's going to make the playoffs, it'd Flames? It would be a lot better if they were all just one word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's also a chance that was the great one. There's a chance. Okay, you're right. I don't know if he's in Edmonton uh, right now. That's funny. Like, stuff. why wouldn't he be? <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, okay, let's keep him going. Noah from Chestermere. I feel like the 2023 slash 2024 Montreal Expos have a better chance than either team to see the postseason this year. Okay, Noah and Chestermere. Uh, positive Pete this morning. I think it's uh, the Jays. I said this earlier. But that's strictly because I just think the Flames have such a tough division to play in. Mm. And with all the change in the offseason, like, yeah, we say it all the time. Oh, change in the offseason. It's going to take a little while to be right. All that crap. Yep. It's still it's still true. Even though we say it and it gets annoying, it's still true. And it's going to take a little bit while maybe to mix some things in. And there's some good teams that have a lot of continuity between their coaches, between their players, that have had success last year. And they've essentially just all gotten better, except maybe Vegas. Like, you could argue the Vegas is about the same. But mm. L.A. got better. Okay. Edmonton got better. For sure. Chris in Thorncliffe. Good morning, gents. At this point, I feel like the Flames are more likely to make the playoffs. The Jays are too inconsistent and strand too many runners on base. And the Mariners seem to be getting hot at the right time. It's a well-thought-out take by Chris and uh, Thornhill. Here's Thorn the Cliff. thing. Are the Thornhill. Mariners still relevant Thornhill. to the Jays' playoff Thorn race? Cliff. What's that? Are the Mariners still relevant to the Jays' playoff race? Like, it just feels like yeah. this, this tear from Julio Rodriguez. They're going to win their division. Yeah, but it's still August. Yeah. We had, what, two days left in August? We got yeah. five weeks left in the season? Right. Still some time. That's like maximum 10 series. Yeah. I'd Mariners, say. Rangers, Astros, Rays, they're all relevant. Rays still? They're like seven games up on the Jays. Okay. Like eight right. games up. They'd have to That's absolutely insane. go on a rip. Yep. 
Yep. Team could do. Team could go on a rip. Team Keep them rolling. Could go on a rip. Wayne and Woodbine. I think the 23 to 24 Calgary Flames have a better chance of missing the playoffs because, as every major Toronto sports team has proven, the only thing you're allowed to do when it comes to the playoffs is choke. <laughs> I like that. I, like I do that. enjoy that. Yeah, but what about the 19 Raptors went all the way? We just did enjoy that. that. I really did enjoy that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what a city of losers. Yeah. Uh, they won an NBA championship four years ago. <laughs> At least they don't call themselves a championship a that of none of us really thought was ever possible. That's a fair point by you. I think I, yeah. I always thought the Raptors were kind of fun, but it's like one of those things where they're never really going to win, are they? Like a yeah. team that I cheer for can't win the whole thing. Yeah. Growing up and a they did. fan. Yeah. A little tough. Yeah. Keep them rolling. Wedley in Bridalwood. Here we go. Flames as a wild card. Like Dolphins, they will exert their dominance. While oh, the Jays okay. are about as okay. reliable as George Pandemic Jim, charging for a fee while closed for two years. <sighs> That's a very deep cut, Wedley. Meta. Listening. Someone Again. listened yesterday. Might yeah, listen it, back to the podcast after listening live, and we appreciate it. Rate and subscribe. Thank you very much. I think and, you follow um, on Spotify. You, again, either. I'm not going to tell you how dolphins assert their dominance, but let's just say the ocean turns into prison rule sometimes. Keep them rolling. Chris in Hillhurst. Hands down, Flames will make the playoffs because there's too many players in the last year of their contracts. Mm, I like that one. You mean like contract your flames? We get contract your flames, and all six of them have like massive career years and pop off. Flames win the division and the President's Trophy, Maybe. and then win sixteen games en route to the Stanley Cup. Sixteen and zero. <laughs> Duh! What they're gonna lose in the playoffs? <laughs> get out of here. I like that one. Didn't you How hear? Many more we got career we got, years GP? across the board. Got four left here. Okay, thank you, Shan. No problem, George. It's Shan, right? Continue. <laughs> really nice. Joey in Blackie. 23 to 24 Flames will make the playoffs this year. After a dismal season last year and career lows from multiple players, even if they all have average years, we should be able to make playoffs. We are a much better team than what was showing on the ice last year. The only thing that will get in their way is if they have not sorted out the inside locker room issues. Mm. Another well thought out take from our listeners. I um, well, we'll see what happens at the locker room. Except that we won't because we never get allowed in. So that's just one of those things that you kind of have to hope sorts itself out. And everything you hear on the outside, it's just as good as it actually is on the inside. Mm. That's the hope. Keep. All right, let's go. Larry and by seeker, bleak, bleak, bleak. Neither the Flames nor the Jays make the post. Oh. Maybe we can swap Manjapain for Mesa. The magic is real. Wait. Wait. What? <laughs> Manjapani for Tim Mesa. Really? Lefty specialist out of the pen? Tim Mesa. <laughs> Who's. Wait. Like right away, I have to what? say it in a buck voice, what? too. Damn yeah. you. Damn you, brain. <laughs> Do Majapani in a buck voice. <laughs> yeah. Andrew Majapani. Andrew Majapani. <laughs> Andrew Majapani at the dish. Swing and a drive. Andrew, Get up, ball. Andrew Pani. Tell me you don't want to be the chief home run officer for the Toronto Blue Jays. The oh. contest Buck's doing for Bud. Is that his role? Is that what they're calling him? The yeah, chief well, home run officer? Buck. Yeah. Yeah, chief home run officer. <laughs> Like, talk about if you wear that jersey to the game, you're just going to have to beat off the ladies because there are going to be so many of them around you. <laughs> hey, ladies, I'm the chief for home run officer. Oh, my God. I want it to be the CDO. Here's my number. <laughs> the chief dinger officer. It should have been chief ding-dong officer, but whatever. CDDO. Should be chief of the bomb squad. No. Shan. My bad, guys. Shan. Not, not allowed to turn on your mic unless we ask you to. Shan. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Shan. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> Shan. All right, how many more we got? <laughs> got two left. Okay, go. Sean in Capitol Hill. Flames are more likely to make the playoffs. 
currently tied for the President's Trophy and Mark Strom hasn't given up a single goal on the first shot of a game all season. See? I like that one from Sean. Them's the facts. Yep. Those are hard and fast facts. Yep. Approved. Can't argue with facts. Or science. Yep. Okay, keep going. Both question mark. <laughs> from who? <laughs> that's, that's all we got. Okay. Sick. That's our winner right okay. there. No. <laughs> both, both, both a question mark. mark. With no, no name, name and location. No, location. no, we can't do that. Congratulations. You're no, going to no, see no. the equalizer. No, Incredible no, no. stuff. Keep up the great work. No. Bye. Um, I can't give it to Wayne in Edmonton. Here's why. Because I don't want that to be a trend. Where we give prizes to people in Edmonton? One word answers. No, oh, I don't oh. want to do that. <laughs> you know You're what? right. We do have to kind of nip this in the bud before it becomes a bit of a problem. I got a text. Uh, give it to Wayne. That Wayne text was top-notch. <laughs> Flame. Damn you, listeners. Okay, play Wayne in Edmonton's one more time. Flames. Wayne in Edmonton. <laughs> All right, this is the only time I'm ever going to do this. As... Here, there, there's already things I've already kind of the like unwritten written rules of the show that should be on the whiteboard, like we discussed with Charles Davis yesterday. Yep, yep. Um, th- these are the things. If you try to get your kids involved, I'm not going to give you the prize. Yeah, it does not tug at our heartstrings. Nope. We have no children uh, and therefore no allegiances. Right, none. Wedley and Bridalwood's probably never ever going to win anything. <laughs> And this is the last time, this is the last time I am going to give a prize to a one-word answer, because it'll never happen again. Technically, he did have four words. Well, he put his name and location. Three. My name's Wayne Edmonton. Three. Uh, Congratulations, Wayne and Edmonton. I I don't know. Do they have movie theaters in Edmonton? Congratulations, Wayne. Uh, You're going to see Equalizer 3, courtesy of our uh, friends at Landmark Cinemas. You won uh, two general admissions, two medium drinks, two medium popcorns. Congratulations, Wayne. It's too bad. Now, the only time in Big Show history that we're going to give a prize away for a one-word text. Congratulations. You're the first and last. He's got to watch it in black and white, and it's got no Grand opening, grand closing for that. Congratulations, Wayne. (sighs) You won the text contest. Great job, Wayne. Incredible stuff. Really, um, <laughs> really racked your brain. Wayne seems like a party. Um, what do we got coming up at Mucho Big Show, GVP? Oh, we're going to talk some more Blue Jays. Going to revisit our conversation we had with uh, Show Ali. Cool. All right. Jen! Okay, that's it for us. Um, oh, follow brother! The, follow the podcast, I guess. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll talk to you. Maybe we catch up with uh, the franchise tomorrow. Is he back from vacay? Yeah, saw him yesterday. Looking good. Hey, we had the uh, f- uh, Sportsnet 960 VIP golf tournament. Uh, shout out to everyone who put it on. Shout out to Bears Paw for having us. Uh, shout out to the group. We had a great time. Uh, Five-hour round. Love that. And uh, I played like garbage. So that was okay. fun. The more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> Wait. What? We'll talk to you tomorrow. Are you talking about my golf game? We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a terrific day. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu. Sit. Good dog.